I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to the Unashamed Podcast. Uh, we got the gang all back together. We got Zach here today. Our movie mogul has rejoined. Zach, it's good to have you back. It's good to be back. I can breathe again. It's uh, I feel like the you know the last day of school when you're about to go into summer vacation. That's what I feel like right now. <laughs> really? It's you've been on the the movie has been quite the whirlwind uh, these couple of weeks, and it's really it's you know we've been talking about it along, but it, it's really. I, I was. I told you. I was like, no matter what happens going forward, and I think more great things are going to happen. It's already been a success for making it and for the hard work you guys put into it. So, mm, thank you. J- job well done. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been very rewarding seeing, reading the thousands and thousands of comments that have been circulating in our team of just. Man, there are some crazy stories out there. There's one. I may have said this on a previous podcast. I can't remember, but the guy was disabled had a stroke 45 years old my age super bitter super angry at god you know just horrible to his family and the wife was at her wits end she said i was contemplating divorce you know i know i know no it's not right but i'm like i can't live in this any longer she said i drug him to the movie because i knew he was a fan of phil and duck dynasty and and this guy in the theater and this is by the way one of thousands of stories this guy in the theater has a complete emotional, spiritual breakdown. And she said for the first time in a long time since the stroke, that he, he, he was able to see that he, that God can redeem him from his anger, from just the way he's been acting. And he immediately went to his pastor and repented and they met. And he, I don't know what all happened in that process, but started reading his Bible. And so for the last week and a half, she's like, he's been a different person. Like, to the point where her son was, was like, what's like, what's going on with dad? And she's like, he's back. He's the guy that I married. I couldn't help but think of that part in the, in the movie when Phil got baptized and Kay always tells this story so well of, of what Jace said when Phil got baptized, when he said, does that mean the devil's not my daddy anymore? And I just thought about that, man, it's just so powerful how this story of redemption is resonating with so many people. So um, yeah, it's been, it, it, it it's been very rewarding. So thanks, Al, for that. Yeah, there was a um, we. The, so we we took a large group since the last time I was on, and uh, some of my friends down here in in Gulf Shores, and uh, and saw the film, and it was amazing because I know a lot of people are seeing it multiple times, and it's really great because you you pick up different things, and so I was the same way. I picked up things I didn't pick up the first couple of times I've seen it, and so it's touched me in different ways every time uh, that I've seen it, and I was. Uh, some people recognized me that were there in the theater uh, afterwards. And so they were like, I knew it was you. I knew there was, I said, you didn't know you get to see it with a Robertson. And so she had her husband there and she said, do you remember his, the baptism, his baptism? That's what she said, the way she said it. And I looked at her husband cause I thought she meant him. Cause that was the way she said it. And I was like, well, not really. Did I baptize him? <laughs> I thought she was talking about her husband. She said, "No, your dad." When he was, I, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." That's a that was a big pivotal moment in all of our lives. I remember it well, and it really touched me again to be able to see that. And uh, I don't know that we said this on the on the podcast. Act. I, I don't think we have, but I was reminded that when I I really zoomed in and watched it this time, and I saw when it was a cut in tight. 
yeah. when the actor was being baptized, and those are dad's hands. Is that not correct that Haxie baptized him? Which, um, which one was that? I don't know, actually. i got to go back to that. As I recall, that there was a scene where they kind of, kind of like Mel Gibson did in the... In oh, the, no, no. Did y'all we not do no, that? No, we were going to do that, and right. then ended up... Well, so what happened, what had happened was, uh, then the original baptism scene, the guy, which Willie told me that I should have had someone there who knew how to baptize people. That was a jab, jab at me. <laughs> he said, probably you didn't have a producer on set who knew how to baptize people. That's a whole other discussion. But anyways, um, they they were standing too high in the water. And so when he baptizes uh, Phil's character, they fall down, like literally fall down in the water. Well, the actors from England. So he's like, man, I'm scared to be in this water, period. So I, did, I, I had a hard time getting me back in there for a second take. And so the second time was like a few days later, I actually baptized him. So those are actually my hands oh, okay. going down. It. But then they were able to cut around it. And then the film, you know, they like it shows them falling down. So it was kind of funny. Like they worked it out. But, uh, but man, initially it was kind of funny because they were, they just weren't, you know, getting that thick gumbo mud. It's, uh, you can't really stand, you know, you, you get stuck in it. You can't move around and you don't have your balance. And so, yeah, it wasn't so. a nice, clean baptistry, that's for sure. So, so, Jace, what's, uh, you've been, you've been burning up both ends of the road, right? Man. So I left y'all last time I was with you. We filmed uh, three or four days in Mississippi for our duck family treasure. Well, I got sick on like day one. Of course, what I've learned about doing TV shows, the show goes on. You know, yes, it does. You're just, you know, it always feels like you're deathly ill. It's the first time I've been sick since I had COVID. And uh, what's so funny is, you know, the crew's like, "Oh, you're sick." So, so will you do you have COVID? Because if you have COVID, you know, production has to stop. So I, everybody's waiting. I take a test. You know, it's fifteen minutes. Well, it hit me. I thought, you know, I could have, I could have leprosy. You know, any kind, the most contagious, <laughs> deadly disease in the world. The show's going on, but if you got COVID, it don't matter. Yeah, we're stopping. COVID has shut the world down. Yeah, it, it just seems so weird, but. So they're like, oh, you don't have COVID. Well, great. You know, everybody was excited. No, you, got, you just, you just have like, Ebola. Yeah, I'm you don't have COVID. There, for it. Sweat yeah. pouring on my head, thinking I'm going to die, you know. And so I filmed about three days like that. Of course, I was, I could not do anything other than just show up half the time and sweat like a mule because it was hot. And I just felt horrible. Had rigors at night. and So... Well, then, as soon as I come back, we had the Mia move this weekend. So I think I got back, yeah, Friday. And then that night, what we do is we have the volunteers at our house on Friday night. But I couldn't even function. So I just, Missy cracked the door for me so I could hear their worship, which was awesome. And uh, so then the next morning, they all left, which I didn't set my alarm. I didn't know where I was. And my phone kept ringing. My phone kept ringing. And it was finally, it was my daughter. She, she's like, we're waiting on you, you know, out of camp. So I was like, oh. So I ran out there, and we had uh, 30 families. We had 10 new families this year that showed up, which is kind of interesting. We've helped 168 families since Mia Moo has started. 
And they're all invited. It's a good record. Yeah, it, it is. is a good yeah. deeds. We, we've a given out, deeds. you know, close to a million dollars, you know, with just helping them through our, and it's a whole process that we do. I mean, we have a full-time employee, Missy's aunt, who's the liaison between all the families, and all the families, they love her, because she loves doing this. Everybody calls her Miss Bonnie, but, and, you know, there has to be an investigation that goes on when people apply to be a part of our charity because we live in a world who try to take advantage of anything and everything. And so, uh, and you're right. They get so many bad, you hear so many bad things. You got to keep yours above board, make sure, you know, nothing bad is happening. So you're right. You got to stay on top of it. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, I would say, I mean, I don't know how other char- charities work, but I'll tell you this, you know, before any money from people, that are coming to us to help kids and families, we're talking to a doctor somewhere. Well, that that usually weeds out 99.9% of any kind of hypocrisy. When we're going to have a conversation with your kid's doctor before there's any money transaction on seeing this is legit. But, and I'm real proud, you know, of our record, but, we had 10 new families. So, all you know, if all these families ever show up, I'm not sure what we'll do. But uh, it, was, uh, it, it was always, you know, it's moving. The first-year families, you know, immediately they get off their, their bus. We bus them out there to camp. And uh, Camp Chioka, where we've done a lot of things. And so when they get off the bus, you know, there's a tunnel of volunteers and our family, and we're all, we're, we're clapping for them, you know. Well, the, the 10 new ones, they just, they all start crying. Every year, the same thing happens. They don't know why they're crying. They just start crying. And it's mainly a psychological thing because the conditions that these kids have to go through, you know, they're... 20-year journeys of multiple surgeries and pain and trauma and blood and you feel alone and isolated and it's just when you see this it's just overwhelming and so it starts there and uh then mia plans a fun day for all the kids it's it's pretty much fun for them but it connects them in a world that can be very mean toward kids like these with their age group they they feel like they're a part of something that they understand each other. So, and while that's going they're, on, Jace, they're they're bullied a lot, right? Because oh, of yeah. their condition, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's just because they're different, you know, and they're yeah. constantly changing. And kids can be mean, but parents can be mean. I mean, yeah, it's just the way it is. And so, uh, it's a good fun day for them. And this year's theme, I have the shirt on, was Shine Like Stars, which is Philippians 2. And do everything without complaining or arguing, which, you know, it's Mia's idea. We just kind of run with it. And so then Missy and I have a counseling session. I say counseling. We're not counselors. But, you know, we had a legitimate counselor the first year. And we have a sharing session with the parents because it's, a good time for them to vent, uh, share the trials. You know, this year we had multiple families who really had a tough year. And so uh, 
but after that first year, that professional counselor, she's like, y'all don't need me. I, I'm not. This is so uh, deep and traumatizing, and y'all y'all qualify. I mean, y- you just need to get yep. together and share because most people don't understand what's going on here. So we just kind of go around in a circle uh, around the campfire and uh, and share our hearts. It's a safe place. You know, we say it's a safe place, and we keep it there. Yeah. But we all wind up having tears in our eyes and, and loving on each other, so it's it's really good. So we do that while the kids are making crafts and different things. And so uh, this year they had a talent contest and and i wasn't there because i wasn't feeling good but missy was showing me all the videos amazing hilarious off the charts fun uh <laughs> some some of the things i wish i could share i mean this is some of the funniest stuff i've ever seen in my life because uh, you know was, you think like shine like stars but there was one family who had created a synchronized hand waving and foot movement like, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a three-minute, they had a curtain up, you know, it was all this synchronization, you know, but it was <laughs> it was kind of a funny take on what you see in the Olympics on the synchronized swimming. And, yeah. Uh, and some sang songs and played the piano, and there was hula hoops, and there was a comedian, one of the kids, he got up and did a bit, but it was a lot of fun. And so then on Sunday... We actually do a uh, worship service, and we just—it's a volunteer thing because we're not sure if these families that we're helping, if all of them are even believers, and we're we're, we're there to love these kids and and help them, and hopefully build a bridge to Jesus because we know He's the ultimate answer to you know peace and joy. One of the things we enjoy about many of our sponsors of the podcast is one is they allow us to have this podcast and do what we're doing. And so we thank them uh, for them supporting us. And uh, we thank you for supporting their products, the ones that uh, we talk about on here. And there's a lot of really good Christian companies out there. They're a lot like our company uh, that started uh, from very small and just with an idea. And then because of their trust in God and their trust in what they were trying to do, uh, they've been able to continue to do that. And so the guys at Barrel Buddy were like that. When Zach and I first talked to these guys on the phone, it was evident because they want to start with a prayer uh, that this thing was going to be bathed in our relationship with Christ. And so we appreciate them. Um, they've come up with a uh, little white polymer uh, that Jace has there in front of him. Uh, it's a 3D cylinder, which is what your barrel needs. It's made out of this polymer that's going to get all the residue particles out of your barrel. Uh, it's going to collect those, and then you know that your gun is clean. Uh, and we're all about an efficient weapon. So uh, we're also all about supporting great companies. So if you're getting ready for hunt season or if you're just a shooter, um, and it, this thing fits every gauge of your shotguns, every rifle, every pistol, check these guys out at BarrelBuddy.com because uh, it is important to be a responsible gun owner. That's Barrel Buddy, B-A-R-R-E-L Buddy.com. Check them out. And so uh, we did that. We've done it for uh, three or four years at this hotel. And uh, what's interesting, the hotel manager, two or three years ago, uh, 
you know, let us do this. And I think after the second session, uh, she actually gave her life to Jesus after just overhearing, letting we do it around the pool. And so now she's all in on, on this venture. It's very inspirational story. It's kind of like the one uh, Zach told. And so this year was the first year that every family showed up, the 30 families for the worship service. So Mia and her little team did the worship. Mia and Missy sang. It was way more moving than normal. I'm not sure why. When, when Mia and Missy get together and sing, uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's off the charts, the harmony. And uh, Mia had just got her splint out the day before this happened. Remember when she was on the podcast, she had the splint yep. And, uh, boy, I don't know. She just, you know, she's she could eat again. So that was, I guess, six weeks. She hadn't actually chewed any meal. It was all just dissolved or through a straw. And, uh, boy, she just sang like a bird. It was, it was very moving. And then I gave a 15-minute Jesus presentation. And that, you know, we hugged, we cried, and... They went on their way, so that was the report. No, that's that's really good, Jason, and it's and I know a lot of people. Unashamed Nation has uh, you guys have given some support to Mia Moo, and so that's why we like to talk about it. And of course, Mia was on the podcast, and and we'll have her back on again to give her her take on it too next time she's in town. Dad, you were in uh, you went you were on the road this weekend. You you had a rare outing. You went to North Carolina, is that correct? North Carolina. At the, the, they're still doing great work. Uh, under you know, when Billy Graham was preaching, yep, and, and it was up uh, in his territory, you know, and he got oh, a yeah. great place of where, where they have their functions, you know, and different ones, you know. So we yep. all met there, you know, and told people that they wanted to know about the movie. Some had, yeah, most of them had seen it. But uh, we just talked about that. Yeah. You know, I, in fact, Dad, it's funny you brought that up because when Jace was describing that receiving of the people at the Miamu weekend, it reminded me of that time we were in Alaska up in uh, Port Allsworth. And there's a marriage ministry that uh, Franklin and his son, uh, who was in the military, they do for couples who had been wounded uh overseas and so they didn't really get a homecoming because they all came back through you know a hospital and so they have a marriage thing for them and they so the whole town of Port Osworth which is only like 300 people but the whole town shows up and they line the runway with american flags and then they have a receiving line when these the men and women are getting off the airplane and uh, that they fly me in. And of course, we were standing in the receiving line, you and I and, and mom and Cy and Jeff, I think was there. And they were getting off the plane, Jason was the same thing. Now they didn't, none of them had ever been to something like this. So they're coming in for the first time. And when they just, when they're getting off the plane, they are just, I mean, sobbing, you know, just because of the receiving and the town showing up. And then they look and of course that was back when we were doing the show. So it's like, what are the Duck Dynasty people doing here? And it was, I mean, then we're all in tears, you know, just because of the the same moment. But it reminded me of that when you were talking about that. And that's they, they do that every summer. They have about 140 couples, I think, through the summer up in Alaska. And uh, a lot of renewal, a lot of life renewal, a lot of marriages saved as well. So 
we love what the the grams are doing that's awesome yeah it's a it's a tough uh journey and those kids you know we found out later just from dealing with mia that they handled the physical part really well better than any anybody else even the parents but you know when they get in that 10 11 12 year old the emotional part of just having so much trauma in your life and looking different and being alone so much because the recovery times for a lot of these surgeries are months and you're just you're missing school you're by yourself it's just a tough thing to deal with right before they become a teenager so uh that's why it's so emotional too i think it's just and it seems to never stop and uh so you know, you look at Mia now, and we're all so proud of her. But, you know, it's just a tough, tough, tough journey. And so when you throw out a theme like Shine Like Stars, and you know, do everything without complaining or arguing, you know, once you you shine like stars in a depraved generation, because that verse kept coming up. So what I did was, uh, and maybe Missy said I was too, a little too deep, but we're – because I really want to know what she thought about my presentation uh, at the church, I mean, at the uh, hotel Why side, do side service. unfortunate things happen if God's the God of love and mercy? Some would bring that up. That's what I got into. Yeah. Uh, so I did, and I wanted to get y'all's thoughts. I, I think it was, I think it's a good review of Luke if we do this uh, to where we're, what we're fixing to talk about. But, and, and I thought about, you know, when we had the Luke 13, I don't know if I mentioned, I had it in my notes to mention it, but Luke 13, when they came to Jesus and said, well, what about these people Pilate sacrificed? And why did this, were, they, were they more guilty mm-hmm. than, than Why did bad other? things happen to good people? And Jesus, yeah. like, saw that and said, well, what about the 18 that fell, that the tower fell on? Were they more guilty? And so then all of a sudden the, the Pharisees are like, well, what's his point? And then you remember what Jesus said. He said, well, you need to repent <laughs> or you'll perish. Well, you know, it just seems so non-compassionate in the moment, but that's kind of what I was the basis for my uh, my presentation is because, you know, Philippians 2 where that says shine like stars. Well, the earlier in the chapter, it talks about being unselfish, and considering people better than yourselves. And then it says your attitude should be that of Christ Jesus. And one of our favorite passages, you know, Philippians 2, 5 and following. And it shows you that Jesus humbled himself. He took the form of a human, became a servant, humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. God exalted him. And if you view Jesus and the way he operated, he would be one that you said, well, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, put Jesus in front of them. Well, they're right, and I made that same point. So my point was, if you're going to shine like stars, you're going to do everything without complaining or arguing. It, even when terrible things happen, that foundation is what Jesus did because he lived a perfect life. He he should have not had anything bad happen to him, and other humans said we need to kill him. Yeah. And so this this idea of, you know, if I'm a pretty good person, nothing bad's going to happen to me. I mean, it's just a lie that the evil one feeds us. 
And so I went to that Luke 6, you know, where in Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount, where he said, blessed are you when you are poor, when you're hungry, when you weep, when you're insulted, because I brought that up, because even the one about being hungry and being insulted, that really resonates with cleft palate kids, because a lot of times they're hungry. I mean, Mia, just, just imagine going six weeks without eating a meal. I mean, you're, you're, you're famished. And think about how many times they've been insulted. So I kind of took that out of context a little bit just with the people I was talking to. I was like, well, why would God be saying you're blessed? You're blessed when that happens. And then I introduced this idea that God introduced about the upside down kingdom where when you're weak, you can be strong, you know, through God's power. When you surrender, you can achieve victory through you know, God's power and all these things that happen to us in life give us a, a humble spirit to know that there's a God and we're not him. So that was the angle that I went at. And so then at about in there, I, I came up with two little points that Jesus is better than the world, because then I took the opposite of those things. You know, the, the world says you're successful when you're got plenty of money, when you're comfortable, you're well fed. When you're laughing and having good times, and when no ailments, yeah, you know, no, when no. you're famous and and people are recognizing you and bowing down in front of your, you know, your prowess, and so I was like, but Jesus is better than all that, and Jesus is better than miracles, and that's when I got into, you know, why why don't God just heal our children? And, and look, I've had I've been on those down on my knees and praying for my kids and and pleading, just saying, you know. We get it. Let's let's just you know, how about let's just go ahead and fix this and why do we have to continue this long journey and process? And so about so I made a point that Jesus is better in miracles. And so I went through all the things that Jesus showed that he was the son of God through miracles, and maybe y'all can list more, but he healed diseases, he cured ailments, he healed uh restored people from mental illness. He destroyed racial barriers. He he drove out demons. He raised the dead. He forgave the guilty. And when you look at all the things he did by miracles, showing who he was, it really solved all the world's problems in those moments. And yet, it didn't cause the world to all bow down before him. And so only would that be done through his death and burial and resurrection as far as you know ultimately who he was and his character and so i made the point that despite all those miracles that he did all those people died they needed another miracle at some point to right. i mean and so uh so then i went to hebrews and and i made this big deal about jesus is better than the world and he's better in miracles and here's why we talk a lot on the uh, Unashamed podcast about being prepared, uh, and especially being prepared for eternity. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know that uh, we take self-sufficiency and personal accountability very seriously. Um, you know, with everything that's going on in our world, uh, we've come to understand the importance of being prepared for anything. Uh, having the right tools to handle even a medical emergencies ourselves has never been more important. Uh, that's why we love one of our new sponsors, the Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit. 
Uh, it gives you a peace of mind uh, that a kit like this provides uh, you with uh, security, and it's worth every penny. Uh, we promise you it's going to become a cornerstone with your preparedness supply. So whether it's natural disasters, medical emergencies, supply chain shortages, all the things that you see uh, going on in our world today, uh, you can rest easy knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics to help keep you and your family safe. Uh, this kit's going to include a comprehensive guidebook so you know exactly how and when to use the medications. Don't wait until it's too late. Go to twc.health slash unashamed and use the code unashamed for 10% off your medical emergency kit. That's twc.health slash unashamed and use the code unashamed. Be smart, be ready, be prepared. You know, when he reached out, I keep bringing it up, but I mean, it's worthy of bringing up. He picked the Apostle Paul, who was running around having people murdered, stoned to death, and he's the one that he chose to write most of the New Testament. Yeah. I mean, for, exactly. You say without that, you know, he says, yeah, boy, if you're bad enough, he, he won't mess with you. No, he'll, you know, Paul said, I'm the worst. Yeah. Well, I think that's the whole point here. We're all guilty of something, and we're all perishable. So if you can't find humility in that, and you can't see God in everything, uh, you know, from the creation to the circumstances, that if you try to do this on your own, it's a sure dead end. Yep. So I, I gave like six things why Jesus is better than than those two things. So in chapter one, one through four, you know, remember when it said he spoke to the, in the past, he spoke through the prophets and all, but in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, who is the exact rep representation of God's being. So one reason Jesus is better than anything or anybody is he is the exact representation of God. Yep. And in the next verse, it's by through whom he created all things, which is number two, why he's better. He created us so we can trust him. He has a plan. Uh, number three, he, by his death, he freed us from uh, humans who were held in slavery by their fear of death. You remember that Hebrews 2, 14 through 18? So you think about that, why he's better. He he has the ability to take away humans' fear, fears in general, but in, that specifically the fear of death. And I made a point to say, well, what about all my other fears? Well, if he can take away the fear of death, I'm sure he can handle any other fear because that's a biggie. Well, and one thing, uh, the people who say it won't work or this work or God's mean and all that, but I look at a little baby yours and your woman's little child with the bad lip. Well, now it's a little she's... more expensive, uh, extensive than that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That, that you could see. Yeah, that's well, the only part you and could you see. You look up in about <laughs> almost 20 years. No, it is 20. Yeah, 20, 20 years. years. And you look, and I literally don't even notice it. Yeah. I don't notice it in her at all. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, uh, but kid, but but it's amazing. But families with kids like that, they're 
they don't. I quit noticing, uh, you know, years ago, because because yeah. the parents really don't look at the what what everyone sees as you you get used to that so much. Like before her lip was even corrected, I actually was more broken up about that being corrected than any other thing that ever happened because in you know with me I'd gotten so used to it and that being her when it changed her it actually devastated me because she didn't look the same you know so yep. it's kind of a weird phenomenon that happens through this process process but you're right but still it's a it's a really tough journey all right so the fourth one is uh he jesus is better because he gives us rest from our own work and that's at hebrews 14 you know when he says it's a kind of a take when jesus himself said you who are weary and heavy burden come to me and i'll give you rest because look you really learn that in this process is a process of having a kid going through this you just can't feel any more helpless, and you wish you could fix it. And you, but you, you know, you just you just trust God's plan. And there, God's got a plan in this. Uh, number five, or see one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there's two more. Number five. Oh, the Hebrews seven sixteen. Jesus is better because he's our high priest, not based on a regulation, but based on the fact of having an indestructible life. Well, you know, if you start adding all these things up, he's the image of God. He created all things. He takes away our fear of death. He gives us rest. We don't we're we don't have to work. We don't have to chase the worldly definition of success or you know however you want to define that. He's indestructible. And then lastly, I went to Hebrews ten fourteen. you know, by his sacrifice, and we know that's based on his love for us, his death on a cross. He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's it. Now, you just, th- you, you tell that It's my favorite together. text in the Bible. And, and look, that the fact that he, you know, his death on a cross made people perfect forever. You know, he forgave us before, during, and after forever. Those who are being made holy, which I love it because it's a it's a process yep. that we are undergoing. And it's the same with kids that go through this 20-year process. You know, that that process is is teaching them perseverance and uh character. And hope, you know, from the Romans five, you know, they're, your they're position suffering. becomes your safety. You're safe, exactly. But ultimately, Jesus and what He offers is better than anything you're going to find on the planet to help them with any issue, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. He's just better, and so that that was my sermon. I was like, look, if you don't know Jesus. Use this as an opportunity to go research, you know, when you leave. So so that was kind of the angle of what what I was trying to do with that, because he is just better. So Jace, uh, 
I guess when you got into metal detecting, you would have never known that you would have a television show about it and uh, be a spokesperson for uh, for Garrett who makes uh, metal detectors. Did you ever think that would happen? I never thought that would happen. But when I got into the hobby, mainly because of what I had read in the Bible about how much joy there is in doing it. Finding the treasure in the field. Yeah, and the Lord kind of using that for an example on why he even came to earth, you know, looking for individuals, how how much joy, you know, it is. And so I met these guys, I pulled in their parking lot and made the USA, and I had, I was a little familiar, you know, with their machines, and we just had a spiritual conversation, and then we had a business conversation, and I was like... I like how y'all roll. It reminded us of, you know, when we were coming up with the duck calls. And so I put my name on a series of them and, uh, and we sell them now and we've had a good relationship. So they've been awesome. So there's three different Jace Robertson signature edition camo detectors that are made by Garrett. Uh, and as Jace talks about all the time, it's about getting outdoors, getting exercise, finding something that you and your whole family can enjoy together. If you order one of these Jace Robertson detectors direct from Garrett, they'll throw in three free accessories. You get a camo dig pouch for all your finds. You get a keeper's box to protect your best finds and a real tree camo cap with Jace's signature on the bill. So uh, these Jace detector specials are available only at Garrett.com slash store. That's G-A-R-R-E-T-T dot com slash store. Order yours today. So I was thinking, Jace, that's excellent, uh, which is right out of our Hebrew study, by the way, we did on the podcast. But to tie that in with what Dad said at the very beginning of before you started telling us that about the Apostle Paul, when you were when you were saying all that, it immediately took me back to Second Corinthians twelve, when Paul gives his own experience of having some flaw. Because that's what we're talking about, right? Some flaw that we can't do anything about. We we feel helpless. You know, we're we're pleading, God, take this away. It's too hard to deal with. And Paul had that same thing in his own life. And when he asked Jesus about it, Jesus said, my power is made perfect in your weakness, your inability to fix your own flaw, which is Jesus' whole point out of the book of Hebrews. And so when, when I hear, Jace, you describing even this weekend, We've been talking so much about the kingdom and our study of Luke, and this is what the kingdom is. It's a community of people that are there to help each other because we're flawed. Without Jesus, we don't have that. Once we find Jesus and we find a community, a kingdom, then we understand what it is to have him. And so you guys are a support group, and, and all you can do is wherever your corner is in the kingdom and whatever you're dealing with is doing just that is showing Jesus to people and that how he helps us get through that. So, I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing, whatever it is. And we got a lot of people out there listening that have some different kind of ailment, weakness, flaw, but it's the same response every time. Jesus makes us perfect in him. And as long as we have people helping us get through it, we're going to make it. You know, we're going to make it and be stronger at the end of the day. So it's very encouraging to me. Yeah, unfortunately, I think a lot of the churches last I don't know, several years we focused primarily on just that first part of salvation, you know, your our justification, the the part that deals with the penalty of sin. But 
But there's a whole other part called sanctification that is progressive. It's, it is a process the rest of our life. And the process is, is about transformation. It's that Second Corinthians 3 passage, you know, we're, we're being transformed. You know, as we as we walk with Christ, we become we become new. We're we're being made holy. I I still have sin, but the life of a Christian should have a trajectory that over time, moment by moment, I'm becoming more like Jesus. You're better off at the end than you were at the beginning, for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. and if you're just focused on like if you're simply focused on what you were saved from, which is sin and death, which is important and it's very important and it's essential, but if that's it's if that's where my my salvation stops, then it's it's limited. It's not the full picture. It's not it's not simply only about atonement. It is about atonement, but it's also about transformation. It's also about what I'm saved to. You know, Jesus said, I think in John six that, that he said he died for the life of the world. We're, so it, there's 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 life that's being transformed, and I should start to smell like Jesus more and more the longer that I walk with him, the more that I'm with him, and so that when you look at my face, when you look at it, should be a progressive like this. What Jason such a great analogy of it of, of just I should look different over the years the more of this process that I'm going through. Now I'm saved. You know, I'm not telling I'm not saying that that my works and whatever I'm doing is earning me salvation. This is not some kind of legalism or anything like that. Our work and our effort is not to uh, not to gain favor with God, but our work and our effort is to submit to the Holy Spirit so that he can produce a fruit in us. Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the spirit, his fruit. He produces it in us, but it is progressive. And I think that's encouraging for anyone listening today that thinks, man, because some of the people, for example, who maybe had a response to the gospel by watching the movie, the blind or you're in church and you have a, you hear it and you, and you, and you move on it and you, you accept Christ, you know, you, you come to saving faith. Like that's, that's the beginning, but it will not be the end of your struggle with sin. And a lot of times I think people, they, they you know, a few months pass by and like, man, I feel like I'm right back where I was. I'm struggling with the same thing. Well, yeah, cause you're young in your faith and you, you keep walking, you keep dying to self Romans six, that passage on baptism and that's about sanctification just as much as it, as it is about baptism. It's about an ongoing process. So don't give up. Keep walking in that. And I love me a story because that that process that she's been in has been a painful process. And there, yeah. and it, it. So it's not. I think sometimes we say, "Oh, we want we want the the results, but we don't want the surgery. We don't want the pain. We don't want the rehab. We don't want it." And, and that's just not how this works because we got stuff that's got to be dealt with. And sometimes that takes a lifetime. So don't don't give up just because you're like struggling with the same thing you struggled with before you knew Jesus. Keep moving. And over a span of time, you'll look back on your life if you're walking with the Spirit. And you won't have that same. You'll have struggles, but you won't have that struggle. That so Those struggles can be healed. Yeah, I couldn't help but think about that verse uh, whenever Peter and John stood up for Jesus in the in the temple. And in Acts 4.13, and when these leaders that they were challenging saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And I, I think that's the blueprint for any of us going forward. Look, it's not us, but it's our willingness to say that, you know what, if we know Jesus, we know enough. And that's why when I look at this, Chase, it's amazing because you can take a kid who's who other kids, you know, 
or being kids and they look different. And so they make fun of them, whatever. And it becomes such a low point for a person or family. But then you watch that person as they embrace not only what they're dealing with, but then encourage and help other people. And then that same kid becomes a young lady, like in Mia's case. And what do people say? Oh man, look, look, look at the courage of this person. I mean, then they're astonished because they've been with Jesus and they dealt with a flaw in him. And so it just, it turns out to be a triumph, which is incredible. Let's take our last break. Well, exactly. And, you know, some of the parents commented on, uh, you know, Mia, because she has had this awakening of, I need to help other people, which goes back to the Philippians too, which is why she chose it. Yep. You know, if you read that, it's like, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Well, you know, we're getting... We're getting into this upside down kingdom thought here. And so it's actually possible to be thankful for the journey you've been on because you realize that God had a plan for your life and he chose you to help other people in this area. And uh, so that's why I'm, I'm real proud of her for doing that and that kind of spirit is contagious yeah and i have noticed in in this and i'm so appreciative of all the uh you know the people that contribute to this because i'm i'm really proud of our charity because i don't know of many other charities that give 100 percent of the donations to the families that need it yep and and i sure will put our investigation on how we're distributing that money against anybody, you know? And so, but I I feel like my point is in this area, it's the biggest need for a community that I've ever been involved in because it is so rough. You know, we we get used to things that a lot of people, you know, it just make you, make you sick. Uh, One of the things Missy was sharing yesterday that uh, was you know it's it pretty hard to hear even though I was there but you know one stage in Mia's journey we're having a consultation with the doctor they had just put this new apparatus in her jaw and by doing that we're talking about you know boring holes in your bone and sticking screws in it and he said now look uh so when you get back home we're going to need you to turn this once a day to cuz to expand her jaw and move her top jaw toward her bottom jaw and missy's like wait i'm not a nurse i mean that was missy's response she's like no i mean you, you want me to take a screwdriver and he's like oh you're you are a nurse <laughs> I mean, this, this is this is what must be done. This is part and, of the platform. Yeah, and so you know, we we you get there and you say, "How'd that work?" You know, we got on the couch and Mia's, you know, wide awake, and we're fixed to take a screwdriver. And well, the pain that that happened when that happened, she, you know, she's screaming. So we got a nurse to come over, which was Paula Godwin, and she just volunteered just to make us feel better. 
course, I lasted about, I'd say, 10 seconds. I couldn't even watch it. I mean, it was just too devastating. And so the next day, you know, you do it again. So you do it a week. It's the worst experience, I think, as a parent. Well, then we go back over there, and he's like, nope, that's not working. We're going to do it another week. And you're like, you're talking about devastating when you hear that. So you do it again. So you go through that week. You go back next week, and you say, nope, it's still not moving enough. So now we're going to do it another week, four times a day. And so my my poor wife, because I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't, I could not handle it. You know, it was it was too bloody, it was too gory, it was too just, it was too intrusive. But she was Missy was sharing that with another family because they were a first year family about what they were having to go through, and Missy's like. It's going to get way worse. I mean, you know, and it's really sad to tell somebody that. And, you know, we're all crying because it's like you don't realize what, what what's fixing to happen here. I mean, that you're going to need us and you're going to need each other. And this is not going to be easy. But I just thought, you know, at the end of the day, this is God chose us to be in this situation. And, and, and you need to be thankful for it. But again, Jace, that's back to the power of witness in a kingdom, yeah. which is why he continued to tell them, you, you witness and then you tell other people. So because you personally had that witness experience, then you're able to help somebody else. And, and what you guys are bringing to that circle, Jace, is looking at 20 years. And for first-year people, they're, they've got hope. They've got hope that it's going to get better. That is that that you're going to be able to get through this. You're going to be able to get past this. I mean, that's what right. really Christianity is about. Hope, you know, and, and yeah. exactly what you guys are doing. It's just a it's a microcosm of everything we've been talking about with kingdom and with Jesus and with salvation. Well, the reason I did the lesson I did is because uh, I'm trying to keep what we talked about private. But there was a there was a thought brought up from 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 a first year. Uh, parent that was like they they had just realized that all these kids are different that this is not one condition that yeah. every kid ha every kid is a little different so there's you can imagine especially in the medical world when you have a situation where there's not one way to do this so you get all this advice and information and you have to just go through the, all that process and it just made me think that's why what we have in Jesus, I really just feel compelled to share with them because no matter what you're told, no matter how many insults that happen or the word just or, is I am obligated both to Greeks and non Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That's why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you here at Rome. I mean, well, right. My point is, no matter what advice, it's deeper than a decision. It's it's a you you view it as I'm obligated to help this yeah. child and well, help others who are suffering the same malady. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm like, what Jesus has to offer, though, it, considering the whole spectrum of spiritual, physical, mental. That's what he's emotion, talking about it, right here. It, it's better than anything you're going to find on the planet. That's right. And so just give this a shot. Yeah. 
Because if you really go to this in sincerity, and I mean go to this, Jesus himself, you're going to find peace that that transcends your understanding. You know, it, it's like it, you, you're going to find joy despite all this pain and suffering. The parents are watching the medical section of it, volunteer section, you, your wife, your, your people you're working with, they're, they're looking at it. They're looking for some hope and some something yeah. that something that Oh, they, and you're right, Phil. You brought up these volunteers. Those volunteers that go do this and help these kids uh, yesterday. I mean, look, they won't be hard to find in heaven because I'm pretty sure they'll be up at the front row somewhere. Yeah, because it <laughs> is. A- I, love how, I love how Phil said that. It's it, it's it's more than a decision. I think we reduce it to that sometimes. And That's right. I, somebody told me this this week, and work. I'm working on another podcast. Um, that we're going to be doing some, I'm, I'm going to be doing at some point. And one of the things in there is really exploring kind of Paul's, the, uh, how Paul presented the gospel. And the guy I was meeting with, he said, you know, he, he gave me this. I thought this was so good. I'm going to read it to you real quick. But uh, that Paul was pr- preaching this, that, that through Christ, we have a, a participation with him. We, we have a new name. And, and think about this in the context of what you said, Mia, where Mia is at now in her journey with this metaphor that you used. Participation leads to leads to union unification, which leads to identification. You have a new name, which leads to imitation, which leads to formation, and then lastly, the response to formation is representation. We 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 then take that out, and it's not it's not just a decision. It's this is what happens when you experience the goodness of it's God. It's an obligation you on, on your part. It's an obligation which is deep. Well, right. And it's a natural, it's a supernatural response. I mean, it's what you do when you are that grateful and thankful for what has happened in your own life. It's time for overtime, but I was just going to say leading into overtime to get to where we're at in Luke 15, when you ask me why am I with these types of people gathered around a table eating on a weekend, it's because they they truly are the stars of the universe. And and you're you're going into a group not many want to tread. Exactly. So we can exactly talk about right. that. Yeah, let's talk about that. And overtime, uh, if you want to follow us over blazetv.com slash unashamed is where you find our overtime segment. So we'll flesh this out a little bit more and start moving uh, back to Luke. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.